It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard. Have you gotten out there to enjoy Mother Nature this April? I got a chance to last weekend, went hiking with a friend at the Columbia National Wildlife Refuge in eastern Washington. Got to show her some sandhill cranes. She had never seen those before. We both got to take in some nice desert views and see quite a few waterfowl out on the lakes. Everything from mudheads to colorful drake shoveler ducks. Followed that up with lunch at Mardon Resort at Potholes Reservoir, one of my happy places. And tell you what, if you ever go there, get the French dip. It's absolutely delicious. All in all, it was a great day, and I hope you've had some great days afield, too. After all, turkey hunting season is officially underway in many of our states right now. The ice is coming off lakes in a lot of states, but it's still... Hard water season in several states. Just be careful out there if you're on the ice. This is the time of year where things can get a little iffy. And then there's open water fishing too. For everything from bass to walleye to trout, it's a good time to be out there. This week on the show, boating season is also upon us now that it's spring, and it's important to be safe. That's why we're going to be talking to Ted Sensenbrenner. He's with the Boat U.S. Foundation. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes to tell you about the most common reasons boaters fail safety checks for their vessels. After that, we'll get a chance to chat with Anitra Hamper. She's an award-winning television reporter, outdoors writer, and globe-trotting angler who loves to catch exotic fish and exotic destinations. Anitra has taken her love of world travel and fishing to a new place that would be a company her and a partner have rolled out called Real-Ality. And this company takes anglers to unique locations all over the world to catch some very unique fish. Their first trip is just for the ladies, a women's only trip to a rainforest in Guyana in South America with seven full days of fishing for up to 30 different species of fish. Anitra will share more about this just after the bottom of the hour. Heading back to the United States, you are well aware that invasive species are wreaking havoc on our ecosystems and the native animals that live in them. We are talking about everything from Asian carp to European green crab to wild boar to Burmese python and iguanas. So, what can you do to help eradicate them? Well, Chef Philippe Parola wrote a book to help you do just that. He's based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's been a chef for a long time. And his book is called If You Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. And it includes recipes for 40 different invasive species to include the ones we just mentioned. Chef Philippe will tell you more about his book and give you some ideas about how to prepare certain dishes towards the end of our show today. Before we talk to these great guests, though, let's get into one of my favorite segments that we get to do from time to time. It's record fish time. From the Fishing Wire, we learned the International Game Fish Association has certified several world records to include a new one for the blue catfish. Alexandra Hall was fishing the James River in Virginia on December 4th when she landed an impressive 63-pound blue catfish. With this catch, Alexandra has earned both the IGFA women's 20-pound line class world record and 
female junior world record for the species. She caught the massive catfish using cut bait, and she needed 10 minutes to subdue the fish. After recording the weight on her certified scale, Alexandra released the fish safely. Then there's a new record for Pacific bonefish. Turns out Honolulu, Hawaii is slowly becoming a premier world record destination for Pacific bonefish. On December 26, Sherry Young was fishing the flats of Honolulu with guide Chris Wright when she landed a beautiful five-pound Pacific bonefish. The catch earned Sherry the IGFA Women's Six-Pound Line Class World Record for the Species. And as for how she caught it, this record bonefish ate a live crab and was landed after a six-minute fight. This one was also released after being weighed on a certified scale. And then there's a new record for the Colorado Snapper. This one was caught December 8th by Paul Jones, who was fishing out of Puerto Jimenez, Costa Rica, when he landed this 25-pound, 10-ounce Colorado Snapper. With this fish, Paul has set the IGFA all-tackle world record for the species. He was able to boat the fish after a 15-minute fight and returned to Puerto Jimenez to record the weight on a certified scale. Paul's impressive catch topped the previous world record by more than a pound, a record that had stood for nearly 20 years. Our next record fish is actually a golden trout, a species you probably associate with the Sierra Nevada mountains in California or maybe the Cascades where they're stocked in the Pacific Northwest. But from Metro News, we learn the Division of Natural Resources in West Virginia stocks golden trout in waters around the state during a gold rush promotion. For two weeks in the spring, golden trout of large size are stocked in West Virginia lakes. And one of those lakes was Little Beaver State Park Pond in Raleigh County. Benji Lilly was the lucky angler who caught it, and it weighed 9.72 pounds. And this is a great story. According to Lilly, he said the fish gave him a pretty good fight. He said it took him about 10 minutes to get him in. Benji said his dad had to run to the truck and get a net because there was no way that he could lift him up over the rail. And if you're wondering what that fish bit on, it was a Berkeley power worm on a 132nd ounce jig head. Well, he said the pond wasn't very crowded. They had most of the water themselves, and he had caught this fish about three and a half hours after the Division of Natural Resources had stocked him in the pond. Here's the funny part of the story. This record almost went unrecognized. As a matter of fact, Lily had given the fish away to somebody else. In his words, I just like to catch trout. I don't eat them. I was giving it to a guy, and somebody pulled up in a Jeep and asked if he could weigh it. I figured it was a little over eight pounds. The guy weighed it and said, that's a state record. Lily said I had to ask the guy if I could keep the fish. Lily ended up giving him the record fish anyway after the paperwork had been certified. And sometimes you don't need to reel in a record fish, you shoot it. From the Missouri Department of Conservation, we learn Mitchell Daring of Fair Dealing shot the third state record fish recorded in 2023, a four-pound brown bullhead. Daring shot the fish while bow fishing at Duck Creek Ditch number 105 on March 14th. The previous state record brown bullhead was a two-pound, seven-ounce fish caught way back in 1994. According to Daring, I got off work that day and went out to one of the ditches in Duck Creek and just got lucky, honestly. We shoot a lot of smaller fish. I knew it was a bullhead, but didn't know if it was a brown bullhead, but I knew it was large for its size. 
Darren contacted the Missouri Department of Conservation Southeast Regional Office the next day to get his fish weighed, and it was indeed weighed on a certified scale and came out to be a state record. Turns out, Daring is no stranger to holding state records in Missouri. He briefly held the state record for spotted gar back in 2019, but that record has since been broken. But that's okay, because not only does Daring have a new state record brown bullhead, he actually has a new bowfishing world record brown bullhead. The previous record, a 3-pound, 4-ounce fish. Daring said he's now working on his collection of state records and plans to get this bullhead mounted. And in case you are listening to Missouri today and you're wondering where you can catch a brown bullhead, I can tell you the only confirmed self-sustaining natural population of brown bullhead occurs at the Duck Creek Conservation Area and the nearby Mingo National Wildlife Refuge in Stoddard, Bollinger, and Wayne Counties. Congratulations on your new record. Speaking of shooting things, this portion of the show is brought to you by Henry Repeating Arms. And when you think of the firearms that Henry makes right here in the U.S. of A., you probably think of their beautiful lever-action rifles that come in a variety of calibers. But they have a brand new firearm out meant for home defense or to have handy in the truck, on the farm, or the ranch. That would be the new Homesteader 9mm carbine. This compact semi-automatic rifle has a walnut stock and forearm and comes with a 5 and 10 round magazine. Better still, the Homesteader carbine will also accept magazines from Glock, Sig Sauer, and Smith & Wesson. If you want to find out where you can purchase the Homesteader carbine, go to HenryUSA.com and look for an authorized dealer near you. And while you're at the website, be sure to ask for your free decals and catalog too. That website again, HenryUSA.com. Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry, though. If you wait too long, the big opportunity might get away. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on Earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Wetlands are some of the most important ecosystems on Earth. But our wetlands are quickly disappearing. Find out how you can help. Join Ducks Unlimited today. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. 
Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we have got a special guest for you. That would be Ted Sensenbrenner. He is a development director for the Boat Owners Association of the United States, also known as Boat U.S., based in Springfield, Virginia. And it is a pleasure to have you on the show today, Ted. Thanks for having me, and I'm happy to be here to discuss vessel safety checks with your audience today. You know, I wanted to get you on this week because spring is here. A lot of folks are getting those boats out of the garage or out of their storage spaces, getting them on the water. But safety checks are important, and you might have state officials doing them or county officials or the Coast Guard, and a lot of folks will fail these safety checks. And there's some common reasons why this happens. Let's go ahead and run through the three most common reasons that folks fail these safety checks. Sure. So this is a voluntary program. You can ask or request for a vessel safety check, or sometimes they're just offered at boat ramps, uh, or you can go online and find out where a local vessel safety check is given. But the number one reason that the examiners find for a failure is navigation lights not working properly. So about 19% of those failures are because of navigation lights. They might be installed improperly or one might be out or several might be out. But as you know, we need a red and a green and a white light if you're a powerboat. And all three must be working and be ready to be turned on at nighttime or even during the day in times of reduced visibility. What's another reason that boaters fail safety checks? Well, following that, at 16% or 18% are fire extinguishers. When you present your fire extinguisher to a vessel examiner or you can check it before you even get an exam, that indicator must be in the green. So if you look at your fire extinguisher, your fire extinguisher has to be charged and it has to be ready for use if you need it. So the green indicator tells you it's ready to go. And also, it can't be more than 12 years old. It has to be less than 12 years old. And you can tell that because there's a born date on the bottom of your fire extinguisher. So take a look at it, find out when it was made, and make sure that it was made within the last 12 years. And after that, distress signals. That would be the third item that often comes up for reasons for a failure for a vessel safety check. As you know, distress signals can be as simple as having an orange flag during the day, or even better, orange smoke, or perhaps even a pyrotechnic device that's suitable for both day and nighttime use. But if you don't have them aboard and you're required to have them aboard, you're not going to pass your vessel safety check. Well, all important things to have, that's for darn sure. And again, it is all about safety when it comes to boating. I mean, it's all fun and games, as they say, until something goes wrong. And that's why you need to have an updated fire extinguisher. You need to have a distress signal that's going to be seen and works. And you need to have navigation lights. So all great reasons here. Let's talk a little bit about the organization that you are a part of, the Boat Owners Association of the United States, also known as the Boat U.S. Foundation. Sure. So Boat U.S. is actually an acronym. The Boat Owners Association of the United States was founded in 1966, primarily as a way for boaters to get together, exchange some information, and to have a voice on Capitol Hill so that boaters' rights were heard. And we also were involved in a number of the boating safety acts so that boats can be constructed to a certain standard. For example, we want to make sure boats float and so on. 
I work for the Boat U.S. Foundation for Boating Safety and Clean Water, and our mission actually extends into our primary goal, which is to reduce boating accidents and fatalities. And that's why we're so passionate about helping keep boaters safe on the water. Our association also offers on-water towing, which is very popular. We've got towing ports around the country, and that can make your day better, especially if you find that you have a dead battery or you're out of gas or went out on the water or you have a soft grounding and need to be pulled off. No, you're absolutely right in all regards. And you do have to pay a fee to be a member of Boat US, but it's not much of a fee. Why don't you run through what that fee structure looks like for the basic membership and for the, the towing packages as well on freshwater and saltwater? Sure. Basic membership starts at $25, and that gets you our Boat US magazine, it gets you all of the representation that we do on Capitol Hill. The discount program at West Marine. And then you can add on top of that, you can get our freshwater unlimited towing package for as low as $99. And if you want our saltwater unlimited package, that's $165. We even have an unlimited gold package, which covers nearly every type of conceivable breakdown that you'll have. And that sells for $200. And you can find more information about the various packages and benefits of each at BoatUS.com. All right. The website again, BoatUS.com. That's the website to go to. Whether you want to have your voice represented in Washington, D.C., and they certainly were doing that in recent years when it came to ethanol restrictions for boats, or if you need a towing package or towing insurance, BoatUS can help you out. So again, BoatUS.com, that's the website to go to for the Boat Owners Association of the United States. Ted, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you very much, John. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And if you're going to go fishing, you know you're going to need a sharp fillet knife. And you can sharpen it in a couple ways. Before your trip, while you're at home, you can use a powered knife and tool sharpener, maybe the Ken Onion Edition or the Mark II. That's one of their newer models. They both use abrasive belts so that you can get that knife sharp and honed. And if you're in the boat, well, I've got something for you there, too. That would be the Pivot Pro. This is a very affordable, handheld, manual pull-through knife sharpener. And it has a big handle, so you can grip that and just pull that fillet knife through the angle guides to sharpen it and then to hone it. Give you the perfect edge you need to clean a bunch of fish, and you'll be ready to fillet a mess of crappie or anything else. Look for the Pivot Pro and the powered Mark II and Ken Onion Edition at quality sporting goods stores near you and online anytime at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. Next, I've got something of interest for our listeners in New Hampshire tuning in on WUVR out of Lebanon and Hanover or WNTK 99.7 out of New London. It turns out the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department's Let's Go Fishing program is going to be hosting two different fly fishing A to Z workshops this spring. These two-day programs are designed primarily for first-time fly anglers and the instruction will cover the basics such as equipment, fly casting, stream ecology, knot tying, safety, and fish identification. The highlight of these events happens on a Sunday when the group dons waders and gets into the water at a local fishing pond 
to put their new skills to use and maybe catch a few trout. If you decide to attend, all equipment is provided. You don't even need a fishing license to participate. You can register online to reserve your spot today. The class is open to anyone 13 or over, but if you're under 16, you do have to be accompanied by an adult. Class space is limited and registration is on a first-come, first-served basis. The programs are going to be held at the New Hampshire Technical Institute in Concord Saturday, April 29th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday the 30th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The second event will be at Coleman State Park in Stewartstown, New Hampshire, Saturday, June 3rd and Sunday, June 4th. You can find out more at the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department's website. Just go to fishnh.com, that's fishnh.com, and go to the events page to register. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Campers, adventure seekers, hunters, and foodies. No matter the lifestyle, we can all agree on one thing. Great food and great people are worth remembering. At Camp Chef, we don't just make grills. We create each product knowing that a warm meal is always better when it's shared with those we love. Learn more about Camp Chef grills, smokers, and portable cooking equipment at CampChef.com. That's CampChef.com for a better way to cook outdoors. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. Our next stop is Columbus, Ohio. That is the home of Anitra Hamper. She is an award-winning journalist. You've probably seen her on TV before, but her passion is fishing. Not just fishing, but fishing in exotic destinations all over the world. In addition to her television career, she's also an outdoors writer, has written quite a few publications about her exploits fishing. Anitra, welcome to the show. Thank you, Don. A pleasure to be here. Let's start off talking about how you became an angler. I understand it all started off where you grew up in Ohio. Yeah, it did. And I think you being a fellow outdoors enthusiast, you know, you don't just by chance, but I grew up loving the outdoors. I grew up learning how to fish on my grandpa's cottage in Western Ohio. And he would always give me an old coffee can and tell me to go dig my worms, my night crawlers after a good rain, and he would take me fishing and that would be my prize. So uh, one of my favorite photos is one I keep in my office of me at four years old, bows in my hair with a cane pole in one hand and my worm bucket in the other. And I learned from a very early age. I didn't learn things like ew and yuck that we sometimes do otherwise. I learned to love the outdoors. And I appreciated all the things from a young age that anglers love about fishing beyond just catching great fish. You know, the nature, the eagles, the sunrises, all of those things. And so it was a lifelong passion for me instilled at a very young age. Let's talk about your very first trip out of the country. Where was it and how did it cause you to you know, become the angler you are now going to exotic destinations all over the world? 
my very first ever trip out of the United States was to Vietnam, and it was actually on a photography trip all through the southern Vietnam to the northern border with China. And I took that with my mom to do photography. That was sort of the beginning of my launch into travel writing in general. But it literally opened my eyes and my in my world. And so I started doing travel writing for different publications and started my company called Three Word Press, which writes for publications. And every place that I traveled to, whether it was Iceland or Spain or India, I would stay extra days just to fish. And so over time, I thought, I'm learning so much information from things like how to select a guide in a country that you know nothing about, right. you know, so many places will just locals will stick out a shingle with their name on it. You know, you don't know if it's safe or credible or what you're getting into. So I started learning all these things as I traveled fishing and I thought, gosh, I, sh- I should be writing about this. So that was sort of the, the entry, if you will, into writing about outdoors and fishing uh, for publication. Are you a, primarily a, a fly angler or a spin angler or just, you know, uses whatever catches fish? <laughs> I'll admit that I use whatever catches fish. I've done a, a hand line in Jamaica before. I thought, where's your reel? <laughs> um, the guy hands me a fishing line <laughs> with a, some kind of bolt, a rusty bolt off of his car, I think. And we caught fish. But I'm spinning rod. But I have done some fly fishing, but... I need a guide. I mean, I, that's just so, that's a beast of its own, if you will. And but yeah, so I'm primarily spinning rod and I tend to gravitate towards the bigger, freakier fish, the better. I love to know anywhere I go, what's in their water. And I love to pull things out of the water and study them and go, wow, the fact that this thing exists. So a lot of times that leads me to remote waters, to, to fishing. And I, it's just fascinating every single time. You know, that's really interesting to me because, you know, I've met a lot of folks who have gone like to Argentina or Chile to catch, you know, big trout. But it sounds like that wouldn't necessarily trip your trigger because you can catch German brown trout or big rainbows right here in the U.S. The fact that you get excited about these exotic, never-before-seen fish for most of us U.S. anglers, that's interesting to me. How, how did that passion grow? I have no idea, really, to be honest with you. Just did. Um, I've always been fascinated by science and wildlife and and the things that are just a little freaky. And you go, wow, that's a thing? That really exists? And so it's just become sort of a passion for me to follow those types of fish in different places around the world, the ones that we rarely get to see. And that's the prize. And fishing for them is recognizing, wow, first this exists. And then also the importance of protecting these species that exist in these remote waters, that they're there. We want to find ways to protect them. Let's talk about your new venture. It's a company called Real-Ality. That's R-E-E-L-Ality. And it's all about taking people fishing to exotic locations. Tell us a little bit more about what you and your partner are doing here. Sure. So, you know, my background is a, a television news anchor and journalist, and now professional travel writer. And my partner, Ian Henderson, his background in hospitality, as well as guiding, mountain trucking, guiding in Nepal, and uh, international guiding for fish. 
for a, a lot of years, we both have unique backgrounds and expertise. And so as we talked about, you know, where, where passion is guiding us, you know, he's got a very great skill set of developing contacts on the ground in foreign locations, developing those contacts. He's very technically skilled, um, you know, and I just have a lot of passion for angling, for finding new destinations. And we both have a combined love of introducing people to these opportunities. So together we just said, what can we do to break down barriers, fears, whatever else holds people back and help them make their angling dreams reality, pushing them to go beyond just their local waters. I think Americans in particular are afraid to travel. They feel like these are once in a lifetime opportunities to go internationally or they don't know, they don't know how to do it. And so we said, we want to be able to host tours and introduce people to how to do this. But we also want to be able to produce content, you know, credible and entertaining content across multimedia platforms, you know, whether that's, you know, blog posts or interviews, published articles, radio, et cetera, to inspire people because there's so much holding people back. And we want to help people go to places that are just a little outside their comfort zone um, and recognize you just learn so much about yourself and your world when you do that. And being able to do that through a passion like fishing makes it that much more exciting. Not to mention you learn about new destinations and the cultures there. Oh, absolutely. We've only got about a minute left, but let's tell folks about this women's only fishing trip that you have coming up November 24th through December 5th in Guyana in South America. Yeah, we've spent some time in Guyana uh, fishing, and the last time I was there, we caught about 30 different species from large catfish to, you know, to smaller fish, but it really challenges you from a skill and species standpoint. So uh, one of our first projects we want to do is guide women, host women on a trip um, in late November, early December to the remote Iwakrama rainforest. You know, as a female who fished around the world mostly with men all the time, I know women won't, won't do that readily without some guidance and a new recreational boating and fishing foundation study shows that one in four women anglers don't want to participate in fishing if they're going to be the only right so i want to break down those barriers and help introduce that um, and i'm getting a lot of support you know i'm looking for the right level of angler outdoors woman i had one of the most respected producer of handmade lures named kermit adams of k lures he reached out just a week ago and said listen i love this and i want to make some specific lures for this he is very well-respected internationally, and I just got a box of some beautiful colored hand-painted lures for women. And I say that not as a sexist thing, but, you know, at the end of the day, lures are designed to catch anglers first right. and the fish second. So, But the support of someone like that to say, listen, I know this is important. I want to get on board. I'd love for other manufacturers and things to get on board, too, and reach this market. But first and foremost, I want to reach the women who want to step outside their comfort zones together. Well, folks, if you're a woman and you want to go fishing in Guyana, catching everything from huge catfish to piranha and more, reach out to Anitra Hamper. And the email to do so is what? That would be inquiries, I-N-Q-U-I-R-I-E-S, at reality, R-E-E-L, hyphen, A-L-I-T-Y, dot com. And then we're developing our website, same spelling, and we do have a Facebook page that you can get on as well as we go on this journey. 
All right, real-ality.com or look for real-ality on Facebook. Reach out to Anitra either for this women's fishing trip or other exotic trips. You don't just have to be a woman. You can be a man and go on some of these trips sure. too. And uh, yes. it sounds like it's going to be all sorts of fun. Anitra, we are definitely going to have you back on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you so much. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing, halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Attention small business owners, this could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. If 
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's where the Louisiana State University Tigers women's basketball team are still celebrating their championship win over the Iowa Hawkeyes this month. And that's also the home for Chef Philippe Parola. He has been in the industry for over 30 years now, and he's the author of a brand new book. And it's a fascinating cookbook, too. It's called If You Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. And it's all about cooking up 40 different invasive species found here in North America into some very tasty meals. Chef Philippe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, then. Well, let's talk about what inspired you to put together this very unique cookbook. Well, it's a very good question. I moved here in the state in the early 80s. And actually, I came to Louisiana, uh, which got that French culture. So coming from France, I uh, felt like I was home in some way. Sure. So I discovered the outdoor here. And uh, there is a reason why they call Louisiana the sportsman paradise, because hunting and fishing down here is all year around, literally. And it's, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just incredible. And that's what kept me here in Louisiana and America, actually, the outdoor, the fishing and the hunting. And uh, over the years, I have seen diverse and busy species coming and put themselves literally into the habitat of many of uh, wild game. One of them, for instance, is the nutria, the wild boar, the Asian carp that are taking over literally all our rivers. And they are really destroying the ecosystem here, especially wildlife habitat. And if I can make a difference is what I know, then might as well do it, right? Right. And I like to cook wild game. I always did. I grew up cooking wild game, actually, in France and going fishing, hunting, and but not as much as, as here. Here is such a, just an incredible scenario. So, and going back to growing up in France, I grew up in, in the 60s as a kid. And way back then, you know, France was still rebuilding from, from World War II and we had no grocery store there, every corner of, uh, of the street, and uh, food was, was expensive still. And, you know, many were going to harvest, hunt, or fish from Mother Nature sure. and bring food on the table. So I, I grew up that way. And so I'm not afraid to get dirty. That's what I meant. <laughs> and uh, going out there and, and catch nutria or go and, and get those Asian cop jumping in a boat and so on and so on and, and bring it out there and cook them. So the reason is because I, I love the, the fishing and, and the hunting and I don't want those invasive species to destroy the recreational fishing and the hunting, you know, for future generations. And uh, we need to preserve that. We need to be proactive. You know, I think this is a great idea because everyone recognizes that a lot of these species, whether we're talking again about boar, hogs, whether we're talking about Burmese python in Florida, whether we're talking about Asian carp or European green crab, everyone recognizes these are not desirable species to have in our waterways and in our wetlands or anywhere else. But I don't think most people have even considered eating them. And the fact that you've got this book where you not only get to eat them, but make them very appetizing is a wonderful idea and a great incentive for people to buy the book and then go and harvest some of these species and get that feel-to-table experience and help out our habitat in the same time. So let's start off with one that a lot of people consider more of a game bird than an invasive species, the snow goose. And I got to tell you a little story about the snow goose. I live in, right. I live in eastern Washington, and growing up, 
in western Washington, you would have these snow geese come down in the thousands to northwest Washington, and, and it was a normal migration. You never, ever saw them in eastern Washington at all. About 10 years mm-hmm. ago, you started seeing a few snow geese. Fast forward to now, and I go to my favorite little lake, Potholes Reservoir, and it's April, and there's still a raft of about 10,000 snow geese, and they go in the farmer's fields every day and just decimate them. They've actually come up with spring conservation hunts, which are common in other states, but you never saw here in Washington, where the limit's like 20 birds a day. And so, same thing. What do you do with all these geese that you've harvested? What do you suggest we do with the snow goose? Breast it out and do what? Okay, well, the, the shorter version would be to direct your viewer to my YouTube channel, Chef Philippe, on YouTube, and uh, actually you can probably put my last name, P-A-R-O-L-A, Parola, and you will see the snow goose, how I clean them and cook them. And um, there is a, a variation of, of cooking technique that you can apply to uh, a snow goose. Same thing than a chicken, literally. I mean, so I got one actually on my book, and I make can apply to the snow goose as well. And uh, it really is a great dish, you know. You just grill it, grill it, the breast, and uh, and then cover it up with uh, tomato sauce and mozzarella cheese. Look, you, anything with tomato sauce will look good. I mean, it will look good, <laughs> but it will taste good. You know what I'm saying. I got another one for you that's more challenging. You mentioned the nutria, and a lot of folks look at nutria and think that's a swamp rat. How the heck do yeah. you make that into an appetizing meal? Well, let me uh, let me tell you this. Uh, actually, I was the one who spearheaded the uh, promotion of nutria meat in the mid-90s for the wildlife and fishery here in Louisiana. The problem is to commercialize mammals like nutria wabor. The FDA is really giving some hardline guidelines, if I may say, to commercialize those meat. So it was very difficult. But on the other hand, we've done a very good work. We have probably 20 chefs on board into the promotion as well. And they were selling Nutria sausage into grocery store, Nutria gumbo, which I done one not long ago. So there is a Nutria stew. There is many ways to actually prepare Nutria. The best one, I will tell you, that I've done was uh, putting the, the clean whole Nutria all right, on a barbecue pit and, you know, slowly cook it like a cochon de lait. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like a little egg, you know, but, but much smaller. And you, you slow cook it, all right? until the, the meat fall off the bone. And then you uh, get some taco shell and uh, put a little uh, uh, mince salad and a little dressing of your choice, and you make Nutria tacos. <laughs> and I'm telling you, everybody loved it, okay? And it, how can I say that? The part of the rat, you know, the swamp rat right. looking, it, it's a psychological thing, you know, but uh, when you prepare it right and it's done right, people love it. And there is more open-minded people today than they ever were before trying to eat new stuff, especially in busy species. The younger generation, for instance, is really into it. They want to preserve, you know, Mother Nature for their kids, for God's sake. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where that book's going to lead to. we got time for one last species here, and that would be the Burmese python. They are overrunning the Florida Everglades. A lot of folks are killing them, and that's good, but you've actually got some ideas on how to cook them up. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's been eaten for a long time, and you know, skin it. It's easy to prepare, actually. You skin it, 
You can poach the meat, you know, in uh, cool bouillon, if I may say, or hot water vegetable and so on, and chop it up and make hamburger patties and into slider. And, and here you got the perfect meal. But there's one thing I would like to say to your show. All right. Anytime you read something about invasive species, especially wild boar and nutria and all the, the apple snail, for instance, which is big here, they always talk about, oh, they carry disease, they carry bacteria, and so on and so on. You know, we don't recommend to eat it, okay? But mankind have eaten wild boar, for instance, or, or nutria, actually, for a long time. But we'll say this. If it is properly prepared, okay, like in a stew, then you will kill all those bacteria. So there is no risk of cross-contamination. On the other hand, according to my research and that we've done here with the library of uh, Baton Rouge, there is no fatality recorded eating wild game. Zero. Wow. On the other hand, eating conventional processed food like chicken nugget or, or whatever you buy in a grocery store, there is an average of 3,000 deaths per year. So what I'm saying to you guys, eat wild game. It's much healthier. Don't believe what you read. I think there's a lot of folks that are listening to this show that would completely agree with you. The name of the book again, folks, If You Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. Again, it's all about cooking up 40 different invasive species found here in North America. And the author is Chef Philippe Parola. You can buy this book at Amazon. You can buy this book at Barnes & Noble. You should also check out Chef Philippe's website. Yeah, you can buy it on my website. It's actually better off. Can't Beat Them, Eat Them.us. There you go. Can't beat them, eat them, dot us. That's the website to go to. Chef Philippe, thanks for writing this book and thanks for sharing Thank this you. with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, John. Thank you. We certainly had some great guests today. If you didn't catch the entire show, don't worry. We will be uploading it as a podcast in a few days. And we have all sorts of past episodes you can listen to as well. Just look for America Outdoors Radio on your favorite podcast platform and Give us a listen. You can also tune into our regional show, too, Northwestern Outdoors Radio. That same show airs under the America Outdoors Radio umbrella. On that note, it is time to say goodbye for another week, but here's hoping you get out there for some fishing, maybe some turkey hunting, maybe some wildlife watching, or whatever else trips your trigger. Here's hoping you are blessed in the days ahead and healthy too, and do remember this, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs>